0: Hello, Bridget. Hi, Terry. Every quarter or so, we stop and look back and do a review of the season's episodes. Today, we're wrapping up season 18, which was our first with our new partner, the A.B. Corker Foundation for Mental Health. In this episode, season 18 in review,
1: we'll look at the past 11 episodes we produced. In truth, this was a really rough season for the two of us, Bridget as co-hosts. A member of our family was hospitalized for several weeks. I had breakthrough COVID or something just like it, and I was sicker than I have ever been before, and Bridget's family is still grieving the sudden and untimely death of a dear friend. It was a lot. It continues to be a lot.
0: Yeah. Times like this remind us that life is always going to happen, and that as people with depression, when it hits the fan, we really, really need to monitor how our bodies and our minds are being affected. We realized that continuing with our interviews, podcasts, and daily social media posts during this stretch helped us get through it all, and it reconnected us with the importance of both routine and purpose in moving forward, even if, and boy, it certainly was, even if with baby steps during the worst of times. Mm.
1: We begin our season in review with its first episode, Depression's Journey Can Be Long and Twisted. This episode revives an interview from 2019 and includes an update with our guest Jennifer sent the very day we recorded. Jennifer's experience of depression began in middle school. She's now in her 40s, and despite trying a myriad of medications and having a loving support network, the darkness has been unrelenting. In a living example of the both-and versus either-or reality, Jennifer is both a multiple suicide attempt survivor and one of the most resilient and hopeful guests we've had the honor to speak with. I think of how hopeless depression itself makes you feel, and then when the medications that are designed to help you feel
2: better don't work, how do you keep hope? Because I have had certain successes, at least limited success, with certain types of medications. Mm-hmm. I, I guess there is a little bit of uh, a little bit of sunshine out there that perhaps that this medication will work again down the road. I
1: think that would require great personal strength.
2: Well, thank you. I um, I don't always feel strong.
1: <laughs> Jennifer's full 19-minute episode is called "Depression's Journey" can be long and twisted. The
0: next week, Jennifer updated us on the two years between podcast interviews and the new treatments that have her feeling like a light has finally flipped on in her dark brain. Jennifer says her extremely long and often frustrating mental health journey has convinced her of the power of and need for hope. Here is an excerpt from episode 184,
2: Holding On to Hope it was like a switch went off and I woke up literally without depression. It was that stunning for me. And I guess that's not a common thing. Usually it happens gradually. But for me, it was quite a stunning transformation. And now it's been about three, four weeks and I'm still
1: doing very well. Tell me what waking up without depression means. What does that feel like? For me, it's, it's more of an absence than a presence. I just woke up and it was gone. And it felt so good. Like someone
2: had literally flipped the switch and turned on the light and turned the light on in my brain. And suddenly, that darkness and that dreariness just wasn't there.
0: That's Jennifer's description of her experience with ECT, electroconvulsive therapy, which you can hear more about in episode 184. Her point is not that one particular treatment or med makes the difference, but that something might, even if others have failed. And in that
1: truth, she finds and shares hope. Next, we revisited an interview that always generates great conversations and perspectives in our social media communities. It's called Eight Ways He's Grateful For His Depression, but we have yet to meet someone who says they're glad they have depression. But over and over, we hear that some, perhaps as a way of making peace with their condition, credit it with teaching them valuable lessons. Our guest, Tom Varv, is one of them. He lists eight valuable lessons he's learned from his depression, acknowledging that he would really have preferred to learn them from a less cruel teacher.
3: Depression, if you've been through it, you know how soul-destroying and empty and vacuous it is. It's, it's not something... It's not something you want to go through. It's not something you want someone else to go through. But there are various aspects of it where I have been able to find some level of positivity from it. I have been able to find a way to hopefully start to shape a better me or a better future for me because of it. And much of it will be because of accepting it and going on the journey with it.
1: You can hear more of Tom's journey with depression in the full 17-minute episode eight ways he's grateful for his depression, but it offers some great reframes for the way we think about our challenges.
0: Next was sort of the origin story of this podcast. It was one of our very first episodes four plus years ago, and something about all the really difficult and heavy things that are going on brought it up again. The whole Giving Voice to Depression team realized we needed to be reminded of how far we've come mentally so that we could honestly and passionately continue to tell anyone listening that things really, truly can get better. It might not be as soon or as easily as we'd like. And I'd like, like pretty much a guarantee. But everything can change. And there are things we can do when we first see the warning signs, if we're looking, that give ourselves a better fighting chance.
1: Sleep is more an escape for me than a rejuvenation period when I am in that dark place. And waking means I'm in it again. And I know what it looks like, smells like, and feels like. Worst of all, I know what it sounds like. It will be yet another day of berating myself, of parading out the 101 reasons I'm not good enough or successful enough or just enough in general.
0: Thanks to all the people who've shared their stories with us, and thank you for taking this journey with us. The idea that we are stronger together is not just a hashtag. It's a truth. You can hear the full 13-minute episode, Why I Had to Give Voice to Depression Remix, wherever you're listening now or on our website, givingvoicetodepression.com.
1: The next episode this season was Treatment, Trauma, Race, and Mental Health. In the third of a four-part series on the intersectionality of race, trauma, and mental health, we look at the role of treatment trauma. Our guest, Dr. Warren Braden, says the best way to deal with a system that is not working or is not designed to work for certain people is to avoid it and to develop other avenues of self-care and recovery.
2: No, I don't have faith in this philosophical, metaphorical system because I don't I don't know what that means. I, but I do know that in order for people to function, they have to be really in tune with and understand the challenges that they've gone through, the trauma that they've gone through, and what it means to be resilient and what they've learned from it and how to move forward.
1: Dr. Braden's full episode called Treatment, Trauma, Race, and Mental Health is 16 minutes long.
0: Then in episode 186, Mental Health, a Family Affair, with Matt Zinman, we learn that Matt's unique and deep understanding of life with mental health challenges is forged from both his personal and family experience of mental illness.
3: As a young kid, I didn't understand it. You know, my mom might go through a phase and she was in bed. And I would be encouraging her, you know, like, come on, you know, like, get out of bed and she'd be, I can't. And I didn't understand. I said, well, what do you mean you can't? You know, your legs work. You, you, you put them on the floor. You know, you can make, go to the bathroom. What do you mean you can't? Now, having been someone who also suffers from depression, I now understand that. But at the time, I didn't.
0: That 18-minute episode, 186, Mental Health, A Family Affair, is one anyone
1: who lives with depression or with someone else who does will relate to. In episode 187, we continue our discussion with Matt and explore questions including, are you able to notice the changes in your mood, energy, outlook, and other things that happened before or at the beginning of your depressive episodes? Do you consider those warning signs an opportunity to better manage your mental health? Matt does, and he shares his three-day rule for depression that really works for him.
3: A couple days in a row is manageable, but I know myself that if I get to that third day, that is my break point. That's, That's when I start sinking into the quicksand deeper than I can have it as easy to get out and every day that goes by after three to me is like twice as hard to uh to to rescue myself so at three days it's kind of like you know in case of depression break glass you know i'm my own parent and i don't give myself a choice
1: matt like most of our guests also shares his depression management tools that for him include movement exercise and breaking a sweat That full episode, called number 187, Three-Day Rule for Depression, is 21 minutes long. In the weeks since the episode first posted, we've been mindful of Matt's rule and think that there's some real wisdom to being that mindful of your body and its symptoms.
0: Next, we benefited from our guest John's willingness to share vulnerably in episode 188, when you realize you've had depression your whole life. In it, John recounts that during the pandemic, he hit both new lows and new levels of insight and healing with his depression.
2: When I finally, you know, here I am decades and decades later, when I finally realized what I had been struggling with, then I thought back, that, that memory came back to me instantaneously of me being in my bedroom, my parents coming and open the door and saying, what's wrong with you? I thought, I think it's depression, guys. <laughs> you know, I think I I think I suffer from depression. I think I have self-esteem issues and I think I think I need some help, you know? Oh, no <laughs> little kid can say that. No, they can't. They can't. Many adults can't say that. It's interesting.
0: Many of us avoid or fear being diagnosed with depression or any other mental illness, but naming it and being told that it's a common and treatable illness can also be a relief. And as John found a cause for hope versus shame, the full episode 188, when you realize
1: you've had depression your whole life is 21 minutes long. In episode 189, the one thing that made a huge difference, John continues with his story and the impact that hearing other people's stories had on him and his understanding of the dark presence he's been living with since childhood.
2: So I think that's, that's the difference between me then and me now, is that I thought that that stuff was for everybody else. I thought medication was for other people. I thought the daily routine that we have didn't matter to me, but it matters a great deal. It matters because it's a way that I can take care of myself. And I'm worth being taken care of. I'm worth taking
1: care of myself. If you're ready to talk openly about your mental health challenges and have found a safe way to do so, know that your story can be the key that unlocks someone else's dark prison. If you're not ready to talk about your own struggles, please listen to and share the stories you hear on this podcast so someone else can learn what you know. There are lots of us experiencing very similar things. And we are stronger together. This full episode, number 189, The One Thing That Made a Huge Difference, is 22 Minutes Long.
0: We were inspired to remix the next two episodes for Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month after seeing the social media post of a former guest. Patty Kajawa issued a random acts of kindness challenge for what would have been her son Jack's 21st birthday. Jack ended his life when he was just 18. His tragic death revealed a tragic truth about suicide, which is the name of this episode. That truth is that sometimes, even when we do everything we know and can do in the moment or over a lifetime, we can still lose people we love and care for to depression's despair.
2: Our catchphrase at home was, Are you safe? And I think that most people with depression. ...would know what that means. You know, you're not exactly saying, are you trying to kill yourself? But you're, you're basically asking, are you safe enough that I can walk away and you won't hurt yourself? Patty's full
0: 20-minute episode, A Tragic Truth About Suicide, brings a sad but needed message. We'd never want to discourage anyone from fighting depression's lies and finding reasons to live and hope... But we also don't want anyone who's lost a loved one by suicide to be plagued by the coulds and should haves. You need to hear that your efforts were valiant and we're truly
1: sorry for your loss. Within just days of her son's suicide, Patty was reaching out to other teenagers and their families. She repeatedly reminds anyone who listen that emotions are hard and that it's okay to need help managing them. In a Grieving Mother's Message remix, Patty shares a lesson she wishes her son had truly grasped, that the more honest we are about what we're going through, the more effective our treatment, therapy, and or other support can be.
2: We knew he wasn't telling his therapist 100% truth, his psychiatrist 100% truth. And these folks can't help you if you don't break down and tell them the truth. You know. What are you looking forward to? Are you looking forward to something? Are you thinking about hurting yourself? You have to answer these questions truthfully because if you don't, you may be on the wrong medication. You, 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 you're, you're cutting yourself off from any opportunity to get better.
1: While Suicide Prevention Month may have ended with this episode, the need to keep open lines of communication about mental health challenges, including suicidal thoughts, is an everyday need.
0: Our last episode this season, number 190, had a humorous genesis, but a serious message. In getting creative to support a struggling friend, guest Michelle Madison tells how a friend's challenge to get out of bed, buy her favorite coffee drink, and take a silly selfie helped her shift out of a dangerously dark place that she had been stuck.
3: It was a surprise. It was funny. It was, this was a way we could connect also, but I wouldn't really have to do all that much. You know, this wasn't like, oh, hey, have you made an appointment with your therapist? Oh, hey, do you want to talk about this a group? This wasn't anything heavy or serious. It was just fun. Got me out of the house in that moment. And really, just I knew that that was his way of supporting me.
0: Getting creative to support a struggling friend is a reminder that conversations about mental health, reaching out to a friend, and even suicide prevention do not always have to be big, scary, serious interventions. Sometimes the people struggling just need a distraction that will get them out of their negative thought cycles and remind them that they matter enough for someone to try
1: to help. That was a full season, Bridget. It was
0: a full season. And
1: it covered Suicide Prevention Month, which is always a really important one.
0: Yeah. And, and like you say, it was also a, a very full and emotional and heavy season for the two of us. And I just want to move back to reinforce what I've kind of come up against in the last few months. And that's that I really isolate when I am, you know, heavy. And that isolation Mm -hmm. does not serve me even though it's all I want. And just to to have the courage to accept if I'm lucky enough to be offered some kind of support or if I'm not in the moment that I need it to reach out and ask for it um, just became kind of clearly another weak link that I need to address and and build. In
1: the exact same ways we've discussed, you know, where you hear the phone ring or a text come across, and it might, in fact, you know, be a distraction or a support, and all I think is leave me alone. So it's definitely something that, uh, you know, is a skill that needs to be worked on like any other. I read a quote just this morning. um, It was a blog post by somebody, I hope I'm saying the name right, Taylor Ponser, and it said, sometimes it isn't a grandiose, life-altering thing that brings a person back from the brink. Sometimes it's something as simple as a perfect song or lyric, big or small. I learned that hope can and most likely will present itself however and whenever we need it. And again, it it reinforces the idea of this episode that seemingly small gestures can make and have a big impact. See,
0: I want to add without being negative that you have to receive it. You know, if we're lucky enough to have it coming at us. It's still, you know, it's, 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 it's a relationship. It's, it's a giving and a receiving, and they, they
1: both have to be present for it to work. I don't think that's too negative. I think if someone had challenged me to go get a coffee drink and take a selfie, I probably would have just rolled back over. Um, so the fact that she did it was the receiving, and then that it helped is the proof that, you know, the effort it takes to receive it can be an awful lot less than the effort it takes to try to crawl and you know, claw our way out of that pit. Absolutely.
0: We truly hope that our podcast brings a little more understanding, helps you better articulate your experience of depression, or better understand how to support someone else's.
1: We invite you to join us for daily posts on the Giving Voice to Depression Facebook page and on Twitter and Instagram at voice depression. It is a comfort to be among fellow travelers on depression's dark road. And
0: remember, if you're struggling, speak up. If someone else is, listen up.